As there's a drive in a deep left field by Castellanos, it will be. Oh man, it's eight o'clock. And so that'll make it a. I don't need the spotlight. I shine just fine. Hi, I'm Karma, and yes, I am a bitch. Rob Bros. Shooter, what's up, dude? Not a lot. I love the introduction. Very, uh, very Lala. Very the Don. In case people didn't know where that was coming from, but uh, you know, a lot going on this week. I'm uh, I'm sitting over here packing, getting ready for a golf trip. We're trying to squeeze in a little extra motivation to get going for the live show tonight. You know, we're remote right now, as you yeah, can this see. Is our, our first ever remote podcast, not interviewing somebody else. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's going to go well. We don't have to sit next to each other, and uh, you know. I don't look, to see you in look, person, which is always better for me. Yeah, it's always. Yeah, don't worry. You'll get ideal. your fill tonight. You'll get your fill tonight. How on that point? How are you feeling? How are you feeling about tonight? You jacked up? You ready to go? Yeah, pumped. Absolutely pumped. I got a great outfit. I'm excited to see a lot of fans. I'm excited to see Dorinda and tell her how I feel about Ultimate Girls Trip. <laughs> and like, I this is this is going to be like a really good make or break moment. I feel like because. We talk a lot of shit on this podcast and we, sure we say how we actually feel and we don't tiptoe around it. And I feel like a lot of people like that. The two star reviews might disagree when we get mad at, you know, their love, their weird <laughs> celebrity crush, but we aren't going to tiptoe around it. And I will tell Dorinda to her face. I didn't like ultimate girls trip and that sucks. So I'm, cu I'm curious to see what her response is. She doesn't strike me as someone that's going to get like butt hurt about it. I think she'll... I think she might agree. I think so too. That's, that's my my theory but i kind of hope it goes the opposite direction and she just like airs you out in front of everybody that would be, be so ideal funny. for me yeah that would, would be like that. the best outcome but um yeah we're getting all all jacked up for the show it's going to be an awesome night i've got 16 boxes i have to load into my truck to get downtown um yep. and of course it's wet and raining outside so i had to figure out but we weren't going to do an episode this week just because we have so much going on. But we didn't think that was fair to our listeners, to you guys that can't make it tonight. We're like, we got to get something out for you guys. So it's going to be a little bit of an expedited episode. But knowing us, we're not good at cutting things short. It'll probably end up being just as long as usual. But we're going to do Absolutely. our best <laughs> to try to expedite. So with that, we got no news this week. We're just going to jump right into our, our Rose and our Kadar Sharif. And um I'm going to let you go first because we have uh, we have a big moment in Brav Bros history coming up. Two big moments, actually. So you go ahead. Wait, I, what if my rose is a big moment in Brav Bros history? And you have to announce that before you read your rose. So, <laughs> right. so you have to determine. <laughs> but I, I wonder what the second big moment is in Brav Bros history. But anyway, my rose is Cosmopolitan Magazine. Yeah, that's, that was one of mine. So you're correct. I never... <laughs> I mean, you know what? It was written in the stars that eventually we would be written up in Cosmo. We had no idea. It was the funniest thing. You were just Googling us, which I think is hilarious. Well, here's the thing. I Google us periodically to see if people are talking shit on Reddit because I don't know. I don't know how to work Reddit. It's the only way I can find us on Reddit. So every once in a while, I'll Google like Brav Bros just to see if people are talking smack or oh, there's funny. a funny comment for the Rose and Thorn. And I Googled it. And uh, that's the first thing that popped up. It was from April 6th. <laughs> yeah, three weeks ago, Cosmo wrote an article about, what, 13 new podcasts that you have to get into. The best we were, new podcast of 2023. Which is funny because we started last year. But you know what? That's fine. But we were like ninth on the list. They called us yeah. Brav Boys. 
I'll take and it. yeah, I, honestly, I'll take anything. There's yeah. no such thing as bad publicity, but we had no idea that this even happens. <laughs> Nobody let us know. So you found it and sent it to me. And I'm like, that is hilarious. I've been laughing about it for like 12 hours now. I, I literally was like, holy shit, like cosmopolitan, like Cosmo, we're in Cosmo. And I, I had the same reaction. I, I showed Dev, I was like, holy shit, like we're in Cosmo right now. And she was like, that's amazing. We have to like print it out and frame it and everything. I'm like, yeah, totally. It's like, it's an amazing thing. And I'm so pumped that we have that. But I think to your point, not in a, a billion years did I ever think that the names Steel and Shooter would be Cosmo. It is really fucking funny. I mean, a lot of this, like along the last year has been really funny, mostly yeah. because it's been like good things, like That's random surreal, good things will know? happen, like bravo celebrities or other people will reach out to us and they really like us and we're like wow that's really nice this was just wild because like i could see you know maybe somebody reaching out to us and being like hey you know cosmo's thinking about right like what are they gonna what if they write a piece on us eventually like we might be I, featured vanity think, fair is next okay look i think you need to settle down this is I've what been i was watching afraid. a lot of barry Here's so what vanity I was fair afraid. is on my mind <laughs> I was afraid that this was going to go to your head. So I'm glad it did. Oh, it is. I'm glad yeah. to see you inflated. Uh, it's good. It's a good ego boost before the show. We got to, you know, get you nice and amped up. But yes, to sum it up, the bros are in Cosmo. It's pretty fucking cool. And I never thought it would happen. Anyway, on to your Kadar Sharif. Yeah. So my Kadar Sharif, there was a really long review that didn't really make a whole lot of sense. So I'm not going to read that one. They, I'll sum it up a little bit. Uh, Someone gave us two stars and then talked about all of the things that we do well, but still gave us two stars. And I'm like, I don't really understand that. So it's not really approach. a thorn. Maybe they don't know how to count and they think that it's like golf <laughs> and like lower stars are better. Like we give them the first star. Like it's, yeah, I don't know, whatever. But I like I'm that gonna read, theory. I'm going to read this one. It comes from uh, KG023. Recaps with a touch of mansplaining. Uh, I go. don't, I just can't, like, we must have talked, I guess we talked about it last week, so maybe they're just trying to ruffle our feathers, but I liked these guys from their TikTok, but their full pod isn't for me. Lots of mansplaining, and understandably, they don't understand female friendships and relationships. I'm like, glad that I don't, you read this one. I don't get, that's like, I don't understand it. Friendships are friendships. We know that guys, you know, generally might not talk about shit, might not get too deep and just kind of rub it off, whatever. But we also know that girls will do certain things and we watch them on TV. Like, I don't, yeah, maybe we don't understand it because we're not a girl. For sure. But at the same time, we've watched so much of this that we don't really like dig up super deep. We just kind of surface level so i think we look for patterns right like that, yeah, that's and we don't tell them what is. to do i don't think no and like here's my thing when i because there was a few of those this week and that's always i feel like the easiest way to come at us is just by saying like oh mansplain and just like yeah. let it go or saying like you guys need a female perspective look i'm not saying that we won't bring on somebody to give us a different perspective i think that's important to always have other perspectives i also understand that there are nuances to a female relationship that maybe we don't understand but we don't claim to my whole thing with these reviews is like, look, one, there's a lot of female podcasts out there that have the same views that we do Two, If you want that perspective, that's fine. There's a lot of really, really great female podcasts out there in this realm. There's a ton of fantastic ones. If you want that perspective, by all means, go listen. We love most of them. So if you come to this podcast, you're going to get a man's perspective. That's the whole point of the show. So 
it doesn't mean we won't bring on females or anybody to give us an outward perspective so we can change our opinions or just yeah. see it from a different direction. But we are the brav rose. Moving on. Uh, it was a week full of roses as, you know, the Cosmo thing. And we got a lot of really nice reviews. There was a couple of those Kadar Sharif sprinkled in. But our second moment in Brav Bros history, this one's a really funny one. And this is why I love our listeners because 99% of our listeners are phenomenal. They don't leave bad reviews. They don't, you know, they understand where we're coming from or like what our shtick is. Like they get it. And Kate R. Sharif is no different. And I loved this out of her. So she messaged us and said, Hey, bros, thanks for naming the segment after me, lol. For the record, I do listen every week. Love the takes. Roses and thorns still bug me, but my middle name is Rose. So this whole thing works. How about that? Kate R. Sharif is Kate Rose Sharif. <laughs> That's awesome. And honestly, like kudos to her because we just spent that last segment of mine talking about how we don't understand these people. This is how you're supposed to approach things. Like have a good sense of humor, be on board with it, message us. Like we're pretty reasonable. If you message us and I say like, so. that's kind of funny. Or even if you message us and you're like, Hey guys, like really not a big fan of doing that. Like don't really want my name out there. We'd probably be like, all right, whatever. Like we get it. Not a big deal, but you're on board with the joke and that's funny. And you it's still great. stick to your guns and say like, I still don't like the segment. We understand that. That's cool. Totally. Like talk you to don't us like to. human beings. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to love it. And because you're such a good sport and because you, you took this in stride, I'm officially renaming the segment. It's back to Rose and Thorn. Kate, that was a fantastic response. The fact that your middle name is Rose just brings this whole thing together. It was it, I laughed out loud. I did a an IRL LOL, as I've seen oh. in our comments. <laughs> God. Um, so that's my and then I don't even have a thorn this week because we have a live show tonight. Uh, we have two fantastic interviews coming up um, with two huge names right now. Like they're in the mix of VPR. They're in the mix of Jersey. That's all I can say. Yep. You're going to want to see these ones they are coming up in the next few weeks. Um, one of them has to wait until after the Jersey reunion. The other one, I believe, will be next week. So stay tuned for us announcing that when it's all finalized, we'll get it out there. But we're going to start out with a quick run through of VPR. And uh, we start out with Lala and Katie. It's the day after Lala's birthday party. And um, we're talking about Satch, a.k.a. Satchel. Satch. <laughs> My man, oh, man, Satch. But this is the first time that we get confirmation, I guess, that Raquel and Sandoval were spotted at the Abbey together. Mm -hmm. Late night dancing. And I think what I took away from this scene was even though they had the information that those two were out together alone, yeah, there was still an air of disbelief. Like they didn't, they weren't totally like, that's so weird. Why would they be there together? They were more just like, that's kind of strange. No, like, yeah, I, I think that's a little weird, but they weren't totally thrown off by it. No, I'm, I'm a little confused actually, because when Sandoval talks to Sheena later, he's, says that there were a, a bunch of other people there yeah that's what so he i don't know a if bunch of us went. i don't know if he's just throwing a smoke screen out there and like sheena can't verify that there were other people there like i fully believe that it was just the two of them and maybe there were people that went there at the time like maybe they went from one place or they went to see you next tuesday and then they went to the abbey afterwards and then they kind of dispersed and then at 1 a.m it was still raquel and tom that's, that's what, what i think I happened, think happened. Mm -hmm. now Allie being there, I guess she has other friends outside the show. So maybe she walked in and saw it, whatever. But 
I, the whole thing just seems like a smokescreen to me from Tom. And I think it's wild that we're starting to see, and I will pull back a little bit on the hindsight crew because we are starting to see Lala and even James next week talking about like how weird it is. And then obviously we get the bomb from Ken. So like, wait, wait like the whistleblowers are so funny on this show. It's Allie who just joined the show. Who's who, doing very well. Who's doing awesomely. And everybody, it's so funny to see in real time, IRT for you, um, on the show when people are like, Allie's got a good head on her shoulders. Like she actually, there's a lot going on up there. Like she's all over the place. And like, she walks away from James and tells him that he's being a fucking idiot. Like you're a joke. And I love that. But Allie and Ken of all people. And that looked a little set up in the preview for next week. It was set up. That's my now, whole point. I don't know. Do if you Lisa think LVP did that? Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think she's like, Ken, you need to just drop this little nugget, walk out here and just say this and just walk away. Yeah. Like, I think that's totally planned. Like, clearly, like Ken's not getting in the mix without being told to do so. I, my man. I wish he would, though. I do. so too. funny. It's really funny because you see this, like, delightful little old man, like, I can't believe that Mikhail was over at Sandoval's and he's, they were in the hot He's tub. not a good actor. Bye. No, he's terrible. But I think it, it's almost so bad it's good. Like, oh, which is a plug for Ryan, Bailey. on Ryan Bailey's podcast this week. So go check that out. So bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. We finished our convo from last week on our podcast. It was a great time as usual. Um, so go check that out. But moving on, we get this setup scene from the Toms of trying to make Sandoval look like a victim and making Sandoval out to be the good guy in this situation. Like he's he's starting to plant seeds. So clearly in his mind, he needs to get set up to leave this relationship with Ariana. That's how I took this. And yes. I thought it was really interesting that Schwartz must not be up on the take right now because he's like, I have this weird feeling she's got a crush on somebody else. And we're in the audience like, ooh. And yeah. Sandoval's face lights up. He's like, really? Like, oh, really? Who? Oh, Who are you talking about? could it be me <laughs> it really is like it's so weird to see this in you know knowing what we know at this point in time and like we spent the last couple of weeks looking for these tiny little context clues mm -hmm. and now it's just full bore like this and i don't know if maybe bravo cut it a little differently maybe they did i i assume they probably would have but all of these little like breadcrumbs, if you will, are there and they're not so small that like they're oh, not yeah, subtle yeah, at all. It's just so weird that like you see Sheena and she's like, oh, I would trust Raquel in bed with Brock. <laughs> and then you get like everybody saying like, no, Sandoval wouldn't do that. It's like, wow, these people are idiots. Like, I well, don't care really who you are, but like, I'm sorry, but like if I saw one of my good friends who was married or in a very serious relationship with another girl who has a weird sketchy past and they're dancing together at 1 a.m. at a bar, I'd be like, yeah, it's fucking weird. It would I don't raise care a lot who of red it flags. Is. I don't care who it is. And that's nope. the thing. Like, you could be the best dad in the world. You could be the best husband in the world. If I see that, that's fucking weird. And the fact that these people are making excuses for it speaks to their character and honestly, just their intelligence. Like, how fucking dumb are you? Well, I, I agree. I think that if you see that something so blaringly obvious in the moment, like there should be more questions than giving them the benefit of the doubt. They seem to be leaning towards the benefit of the doubt. But I yeah. think that that's a good portrayal of we as an audience when we found out because it's so hard to believe because Sandoval and Ariana have been this rock weirdly for so long in the Vanderpump world that 
they were so solid in our eyes and in their friends' eyes that even seeing him dance with Raquel at the Abbey, everyone's still like, there's just no way. Like, he wouldn't step out on Ariana. It's not going to happen. So I do agree with you where if I saw anybody doing that, I'd be like, what the fuck? And I would ask them immediately, like, dude, what are you doing? But I do understand that they're like, with the benefit of the doubt thing, because it's just so unbelievable. But Mm -hmm. Then we move on with James and Allie real quick. And this is where Allie talks to uh, to James about seeing them at the Abbey. And she's trying to figure out like the best plan of action here. And then even James is like, ah, no, I don't think there's anything like of it. maybe go talk to Sheena because she loves gossip and like she'll she'll say it anyway. Well, I like that Allie's thought was like, I don't want to be involved in this at all, but maybe I'll go talk to Ariana. It's like, yeah, yeah. Like, and then James with an actual brain goes, yeah, no, if you don't want to be involved then you probably shouldn't go talk to her like yeah, that's, that's how muddy that's water go? <laughs> yeah muddy water exactly and i just love that like and this is just the innocence or like the amateurism of not being in this show for long mm-hmm. enough where ali's like i just don't want to be in the middle of this it's like oh no 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 as soon as you told katie and lala at lala's apartment that this happened you're immediately in the middle of this as soon well, as she you saw to. it honestly yeah she wants to be in it it's you think it's more of an act like, I, you know, I don't want to really be involved. Yeah. But she is definitely involved and she's OK with that. Uh, yeah, totally. I think that the only reason she's still with James at this point is to be on the show. I think that's mm-hmm. why she got with James in the first place. If they, I think they're still together. So maybe it's developed into something more. But I think watching her deal with his shit, like you understand that, you know, she knows the assignment. She's like, all right, like I want to be part of this. I want to be part of the show. Here's my ticket in. They might actually have genuine feelings. I'm not trying to knock the relationship, but it does seem like she has an agenda. And I think she's doing it really well. She's playing the game the right way because she's smarter than a lot of these people. Like yeah, she, she gets is. it. She understands it. And she knows how to play it to where she never comes out looking like she's crazy. Like she's always kind of mellow. She's always even keeled. And I think it's a great approach, especially with this group, because if shit pops off, which it will always, she can always walk away from the situation. Be like, mm, I'm not dealing with this shit. She can drop a bomb and walk away successfully. So I think she's playing the game really well. And that'll take us immediately to her talking to Sheena. And um, this whole scene we talked about a little bit already, but I was literally like cringing in my, I was like, oh my God, like I feel bad for Sheena that she has to watch this back knowing what she knows now because she's like, Sandoval and Brock are like big brothers to Raquel. I was like, oh, gross. And like, I would trust him in the same bed. I was like, what the fuck does that even it's mean? It's just a weird thing to say. Like, yeah. why does your brain go there? I don't know. You don't have to go that far. Like, we get it. You're trying to hammer this point home. But like, nah, you know what? If Dev was in bed with another dude, even if he was my best friend, I'd be like, hey, get the fuck out of bed. What's going on? Here? Yeah, like, I just don't. <laughs> it's so fucking weird. It's and all Ellie said was like. Could you imagine if like Brock was dancing with uh, with Raquel at a club at 1 a.m.? She's like, I'll do you one better. He's in bed <laughs> with her now and they're not do doing anything. And that? I trust that. <laughs> yeah, it's like, OK, weirdo. Yeah, it did not age well at all. But um, she lets her know, like, the minute I see Sandoval, I'm going to beeline it right to him, which is what Allie wanted. Like, she yeah. wanted to plant the seed and not be involved in the actual interaction of it. But she wants to get this ball rolling. And she mm-hmm. does, again, a very... Good job. Allie's killing it this season. And I, I really like her. I don't like her and James together necessarily. But at the same time, I kind of I don't know. They have a weird, funny dynamic. They that- do. And I, I think that really the things that I don't like about them together really revolves around Raquel. And I hope that this yeah. whole Raquel Sandoval thing. Now, obviously, we know James is going to go crazy because 
him and Lala, when they're on the same page, they're almost like the same exact person. Yeah, so it's really tough to get through that. But I'm sure that this is kind of giving him a little bit of closure and maybe finally moving on. And that that might be why him and Allie are still together and they're doing yeah, well. Maybe. Is because maybe he finally moved on. Because that was really my only gripe is every time that they're together, like James has to bring up Raquel and talk about what she's doing with Schwartz. And now he's going to talk about the Sandoval thing. It's like, all right, move past that when it's just the two of them alone. I think that they have like really funny scenes. And I like that. Again, we got a little bit more of astrology, but Ugh. I'm okay with Allie's version of astrology because it seems like she's like really invested in it. At least she's, and she's studying not annoying. it, I guess. I well, guess. she's smart. She's it's, it. She yeah. is smart. I'm not saying she's not smart. It's just like, I don't know, dude. When you start talking about 16 moons in the in the seventh house of, of the Lord or whoever i don't know yeah. i guess spiritual is not religious so i don't know i i like her i'm trying not to hold the astrology thing against her i also don't like i'm not doing this i'm not going down this rabbit hole yeah, don't, like, don't, don't do it it's, it's okay. not worth it don't worry but about it. let's move on let's get to the beach um we've got the don and satchel the satch are now, both making an appearance walking onto the beach with their socks and shoes their shoebies that must be like that's got to be an la thing like if you listen to us and you're from la Tell us if you're like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go to the beach today I'm in my socks and shoes. Like, take them off. No, if you're dude. in socks and shoes walking on, like, the, the promenade or, like, on the strip, take off your fucking socks and shoes and walk on the beach. Like, I don't understand these people that I do that. If you look at Rocket Power, okay? Yeah. It was in California, right? I that's where I heard the term Shuby for the first time. So if that's where Shuby came from is rocket power, which everybody knows is canon. That's that's real. It's a documentary. Yeah. Everybody knows that. Then you're being a Shuby in LA. They're in California. Don't wear your shoes on the beach ever. It's a terrible look, especially for a guy that's trying to like, you're coming into the group, Satch. You're off to a tough start. You're getting a lot of flack from the commenters and a lot of flack from the audience. So like, do yourself a favor, buddy. Like, don't wear shoes on the beach. You're going to be on TV, man. Like, come on. Yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I expected that out of the Don because that's his fucking name. But Satch, dude, like Satch looks like he plays hacky sack on the beach every day. Yeah, that's a good. You know point. what I mean? Like maybe that's why he brought his shoes. Because if you try to kick a hacky sack with your bare foot, it doesn't really feel that great. So maybe he wanted to wear the shoes and hack it up, brother. The interesting thing is, someone posted a picture of him pre-permed haircut. He mm -hmm. looked normal. He looked okay. Like it was not a terrible look. Like he's a run-of-the-mill looking guy. Like. I would very much see him and Katie together, but you throw the permed hair in there and I just can't. Yeah. This that's is, a weird you know, LA shit that like yeah. us on the East coast, we're just never going to understand. I don't that. get like, it. Like, it's just weird. I don't want to give a scathing indictment of Satch because we don't know him at all. We haven't really gotten anything out of he him. So he speak. could be a, no, but he could be a good dude and he's just getting dragged because of his haircut. I'm sure sucks. he is a really nice guy. <laughs> he is he a little be. overly affectionate? And I don't want to watch that for sure. He doesn't talk at all. He's probably pretty quiet. So, you know, I'm sure he's a nice guy. Just looks a little weird. And I will always roast anybody that walks on the beach with socks and shoes. Oh, well, they deserve it. But the big thing here is um, going back to the James and Schwartz issue with Raquel and all that nonsense. You think he's moving past. You think he's getting better. Schwartz makes an off-color joke. And... It didn't land. It was, you know, oh, is this cascade opening bigger than Rachella? Wasn't funny. And it pissed off James to the point where he throws an absolute temper tantrum and starts stomping around the beach because he's insecure about like that's all I get from this is like insecurity. Yeah. And I don't really know why 
you feel the need to be insecure? Is it because you feel punked that Schwartz made out with your girl and now you're sitting on a blanket with him? Like, is that what it is? Is it simply because he's belittling the cascade thing? Like, I didn't understand why he got as amped up as he did. And I know James is known for that, but it still was yeah. like such a big reaction. I think that what really happens is he's not getting any gratification from other people. And he views this in his own mind. And because he's so, and we could say this, like everybody knows it. He's so egotistical that yeah. when something like this happens and he gets this kind of opportunity, he gets amped up about it. And his emotions are through the roof. If somebody doesn't match that. And we didn't see anybody like Lala even was just like, Oh yeah, cool. Like, great. Nobody else in the group was like, congratulations, James. That's fucking awesome. Like no one said a word, which sucks. So that probably and I do does, think... that does suck. And I'm sure it bothers him. And then when you throw a joke on top of that about your past engagement with the girl that you just hooked up with, like, I actually think that James is fine to fucking pop off like that. I have no issues with him popping off like that because Schwartz deserves a drink in the face. He deserves to get punched in the face. He needs to get punched in the face by someone. I agree with Lauren, tough girl, Lauren, a little bit later when she <laughs> says you need a fist in your face like he does. He is just, he's been getting away with this dumb bullshit forever. He's starting to be mean because he doesn't have Katie anymore and yeah, he doesn't know what point. the fuck he's doing. And he thinks he's just getting away with everything. He just needs to get socked in the face once and then maybe he'll shut up. And James even said, like, I threw a drink at him. He won't make that joke again. I agree. That's a, I know what I, I didn't fully agree with you until that was a nice rant. I, I see what you're, you're saying. And like may if it had been anybody else other than Schwartz or Sandoval, it would have been like, that's too much. My, here's my problem. Yeah. I do feel bad for James because I feel like when he has big accomplishments, they get glossed over because of his emotions. Like he gets so jacked up about it that people don't match his energy ever. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it falls short and I feel like they don't take him seriously and opening for cascade at a festival. It is a big deal. That's pretty cool. This is his sole focus as being a DJ. So like, I wish that they'd shown up for him a little bit more and been like, wow, yep. man, this is really great. So I feel for him there. My big problem, though, is he's not doing himself any favors with this because while you might be right, he deserves a drink in the face, he deserves to get popped in the face, whatever, he comes out looking bad because he can't bring it, he can't reel it in. It takes him so long to settle down that it just gets, had he done the drink in the face and been like, fuck you and walked away, Yeah, different story. To stomp around in front of people you don't know and cause a scene after the fact is where I took the issue because it makes him look bad in a moment where he didn't have to necessarily look that bad. Yeah. I but, mean, if you're, if you're DJ James Kennedy, you probably don't give a shit that you don't know these people. Like who no, he cares care. if you're going to stop, care. like most of them do know you. It's really just Don and Satchel that don't really know who? you. And who, who cares? Uh, the Don. Oh, okay. The, I don't know who Don the, is. The Don. The Don. Um, which which I thank have God to... he didn't fucking talk today. Dude. Like, I don't, but I don't want to hear him talk dirty anymore, but I no. do. <laughs> when they're like fed up, and I texted you this as it was happening. The fact that Lala takes the time to say, let's go, the Don. Like in that moment, please, for the love of God, just call him Don. And just and call him Don. Bravo with the subtitle too. Like I watched with subtitles anyway, but Bravo showed it. And I'm like, why are you doing this? I they, Maybe they want us to be mad about it. It just irks me. It's like his name is Don. And like it's if his name is the Don, then you can use that when it's appropriate. Then it would actually probably land every once in a while. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, he's the Don. Like big dick the Don. Like that's funny. <laughs> but when you oh. drop it in a sentence where it doesn't fit, like let's go with the Don. Like that, oh, it got under my skin. But then we go directly to the bar. And um, this is kind of where we finish up. But tensions are still so high with everybody in the group to where I had to write down at one point, like, guys, you're 40. Like, this is a bad look for the whole group. Everyone's yelling at each other like you're like off of a college party, like in your like early 20s. 
and having a bad night all around, you everyone needs to settle down. No one's coming out looking good here. I will say when Schwartz and James are squashing things and Lala comes up, I don't know if I've heard a better insult than you're the definition of a sponsored post. Like that is gold. It is funny. It is really funny. And I, I, I don't he like said that a lot of mean shit. Yeah, he said really a lot of mean, mean shit, but yeah. that if we can just isolate that one, like that's really funny. It's a good and, it's just a good clapback. Yeah. And it's like, um, what's the name of her podcast? Like, get to know give them, give them Lala. And he goes, give them Lala. Who the fuck is Lala? Like, like that that was was funny. funny. But then to like, he should have stopped there. It's never okay to go after looks. It's never okay to comment on plastic surgery on the face. Like that was way over the line. And, and again, shows you who Schwartz really is. Like that's the whole, that whole interaction was a peek behind the mask. Like he loses the puppy dog thing for a split second. And it goes from zero to a thousand because instead of stopping it, you're the definition of a sponsored post. Give them Lala. Who the fuck is Lala? Now you bring the looks into it and it completely negates any good clapback you had. It makes you look like a chauvinistic asshole, which he yeah, is. And then, like, you, and then he walks it. right over and just starts eating wings. And then when Lala actually walks away after saying her piece, he's like, Lala, don't leave. Aww. Yeah, don't leave. And Come it's like, on. dude, like you're so fucking all over the place. Like, yeah, he's a figure worm, it dude. out, dude. He's just a worm. And I'm glad that it's getting to the point now where like Scandaval is completely taking the mask away from him. Like everyone yeah. sees him for who he is. Finally, Dev's been saying it since like season one. So kudos to her, but it is, it's a, it's a full peak. Lala to her credit has never fallen for her shit. She has been on the page of, he knows exactly what he's doing for multiple seasons now. She's Mm -hmm. never gone for that shtick. So credit where credit's due. She's read him from day one, but the episode ends with, you know, everyone's still trying to, I guess, settle things down. And the Abby talk comes up and Sandoval stands up in front of the group to like defend himself, which is in hindsight, insanity that he has the nerve to go after anybody for this. Like, this is something that Ryan kept saying on his podcast, dude, just shut up, like shut up and sit down. You're a scumbag. You're a dirt bag. You are doing all these things. You were at the Abbey with her for nefarious reasons. So like, sit the fuck down, shut the hell up, get ready for the beating you're about to take because you're a piece of shit and you deserve everything coming your way. Yeah, no, he absolutely does. And like, I don't even want to talk about that because he just fucking sucks. I'd rather talk about Katie in this instance where she like, I fully believe Allie when Allie says what I heard from you is that, you know, their relationships, there's no rules there. Like, I think Katie knows that she said that. And I hate, I hate, I hate that. I agree with Tom Sandoval when he says like, you never take responsibility for anything. You've got, Schwartz over here saying like, you know, I fucked up. I did this. I did that. Whatever. I should have done things better. We've never seen Katie say that. Yeah, that's true. We've never seen her take accountability. And while Schwartz was definitely 90% of the problem, I would say there is a moment that could, you know, we talk about our humanizing moments where you could get on the same page as Katie and understand like, you know, there's two sides to the street. Like, were you perfect? Probably not. Like, there's probably some things you could have done better. And if you had the wherewithal to be like, you know what, this is where I felt short. We all know that Schwartz is the problem, but it would go a long way with the audience and your friends, probably, if you're just like, yeah, you know, I could have done better here. He's the problem, for sure. Mm-hmm. We get it. Yeah, but, we know, you know that. And we can see that perfect. now. Yeah. yeah, exactly. What's up, bros? Still here to talk to you guys about Factor. For those of you that know, I'm a personal trainer. I'm a professional chef. So food and fitness are both extremely important to me. And I also know how difficult it is to eat healthy all the time. It takes a long time to meal prep, 
you might not like the same thing every day. It gets boring. It gets plain. So I totally get it. I also ran my own meal prep company for two years. So this is something near and dear to my heart. I've tried Factor before. And then when I saw that they were going to sponsor us, I was so excited because this is a meal prep company that I can really get behind. They cook really delicious food. They change it up. You get lots of different options. It'll keep you within your macros. They have all of the nutritional facts listed on the back. So you can stay on track for your summer body, for your winter body, for your spring body, whatever your goals are, Factor is there to help. With more than 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 45 and more add-ons, including breakfasts like egg bites, smoothies, and more. So if you want to cut back on takeout, get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready faster than restaurant delivery in just two minutes. Head to factormeals.com slash bravbros50 and use code bravbros50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code bravbros50 at factormeals.com slash bravbros50 to get 50% off your first box. And that takes us on to Summer House, and we're just going to do a quick bullet point summary because overall the episode was fun. We got more of like the party scene, which you like to see, like to see him having a good time. So I enjoyed the episode as a whole. But let's start it out. Let's just knock it out immediately. Danielle, Carl, Lindsay. All right, we yep. get the aftermath of the conversation with Carl. And Danielle and Danielle screaming into the pillow, but they seem to come to some kind of agreement here where they're on the same page, at least. Now, do you think that Carl could have been more defensive of Liz Lindsay? Do you think that he kind of took the easy road to just like smooth things over with Danielle? Or was he just doing his part of this, this thruple, if you will? Yeah, I, I've been struggling with how I feel about how Carl's handling a lot of things, because I, in a way I see a lot of growth and like I've been watching the show for years. And I've seen Carl in the past just be a complete dick. And now it seems like he's trying to smooth things over. He's trying to take, you know, sort of like the path of least resistance. And he's eating a lot of shit while doing this. He's being very and mature. He's being entirely like very mature. And at the same time, I see it where I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, in that instance, you have to stop thinking about yourself talking to your friend, Danielle. Like there's more going on here. And I feel like he didn't really touch on that. He didn't defend Lindsay. So while I don't necessarily agree with Lindsay freaking out about that and yelling at him all night, and that was just a really tough scene to watch with them in bed, I do think that he could have, you know, at least stepped a little bit into that because at the end of the day, like, even if you look in the past, the three of you were best friends. And if one of them stepped on the other's toes, you do have a say in that. And even now you have way more of a say because you want to keep this friendship going and you're in a relationship with Lindsay. Like, you have a lot of responsibility here. And I feel like he's not willing to go that deep. So while he is being mature, I just think that he could push a little bit further and be, you know, a better boyfriend and a better friend and really help this along because as, as long as he's doing this and just kind of like surface level bullshit, it's never really going to solve anything. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he could have gone a bit further here instead of just like smoothing things over with her. I, you're right. It's tough because it's not a bad conversation and he did do his part but there, there was more there, right? There was more meat on that bone yep. that he could have helped further the conversation with Lindsay and Danielle instead of being like, yeah, you guys need to talk. But watching those two, like the drunk aftermath and Lindsay's just like losing her shit. We talked about it on Bailey's podcast, but 
we've all been both of those people, right? We've all been Lindsay in that situation. And we've all been Carl in that situation where you're like, oh my God, like just go to bed. Let's figure this out tomorrow. Then watching that whole thing break down, I think you just chalk it up to a bad night. I think that there's a conversation that needs to be had in the morning. I thought Carl handled himself very well and not escalating it and trying to like settle Lindsay down. And clearly Lindsay's just lit and trying to get the last word and trying to get a rise out of him. But what I didn't like is cut to the room over and you see Paige and Amanda like giggling, like schoolgirls, like he, 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 like we love to hear them fight. Like, I hate that everyone's rooting against them seemingly, even though they're not like outwardly saying like, we don't like you guys. Like when they hear tension between those two, they jump on board this train of like giggling and laughing about it. And that's, that's fucked up. No, it is. It's, it's entirely immature. And like, that's something that we always talk about when it comes to, you know, kind of that side of the house. And we saw a little bit of growth, but all indications point to really that conversation that Lindsay and Amanda had when they went out to lunch, like Mm -hmm. that step was huge. The fact that they were able to sit down together, but I got nothing out of Amanda. Like Amanda said, nothing. Lindsay was the mature one. Lindsay was the one who was open about her feelings. She really opened up for like the first time that I've ever seen her do that with Amanda before. And Amanda gave her absolutely nothing. So like, I just don't think that Amanda wants to be friends with Lindsay. I think that they have way more fun being Amanda Page. Not really Sierra as much, Sometimes, but, but not like, some, yeah, she's in the mix, but like, I feel like it, Sarah's in the mix, like an appropriate amount of time, because look, I'm not excusing Lindsay's behavior most of the time, but I understand that like, it, it's gotta be really tough for her yeah, with everybody fucking whole hating her. Now you're allowed to pick like some emotions or some actions that she does and be like, you know what? Like no, like Lindsay kind of deserves this at this point in time, but she doesn't deserve it all the time. And I feel like that's kind of where Sierra is. But Amanda and Paige love, love, love hating on that. And I always hate when we watch things on TV, like we talked about it with Lala, like preying on the downfall of somebody else. It's like, yeah, I don't want to watch other people do that because, you know, at the end of the day, like that's taking up way too much space in your brain, rooting against another human, just fucking let it go. Like you don't have to be friends with them, but don't sit in the other room and be like, I'm going to be the person that gives Danielle a hug, even though I'm not really friends with Danielle. I'm just taking this opportunity to hate Lindsay. It's like, it's, it's fucking disgusting. Well, that it takes us to a really good point is like, every time we see Lindsay and Danielle talk, Lindsay brings up very good points, points that are like directed at the situation to challenge Danielle. She's like, okay, you're saying now to Carl that we're all cool. But two days ago, you told me to my face that you think it's weird that we're dating. Mm-hmm. Like, what is it? Is it the fact that they're moving too fast? Is it the fact that you're losing two of your friends? Or is it the fact that this makes you feel bad about your own relationship? Like, you need to pick a lane, but she conveniently just jumps back and forth to whatever fits that specific moment. Like, she always, always changes the subject. When Lindsay challenges her, she's like, you thought it was weird two days ago. And she changes the subject. When Carl's like, you moved in with Robert after two months, he's like, well, are you not looking for rings? It's like, that has nothing to do with what he just said. Right. He said, did you move in with Robert after two months? That is fast. Did you do that? Yes or no? Don't ask about a ring. That's irrelevant to the situation. That's a different point entirely. But she can't be in the moment and just take it and, and answer and respond to have a grown-up conversation. She changes the subject, storms off, goes to Paige and Amanda, and then she starts spinning this whole narrative of what happened. That's not true. She paints Lindsay out to be this emotional, unstable, that just reacts to everything. 
instead of being like, this is what the conversation was. And then it gives those two ammo against Lindsay, which they don't need any more ammo. And then we see them all take this side against Lindsay and it makes no sense. And Ryan said it really well yesterday. He's like, in this moment during the show, during filming, Amanda and Paige probably feel like they're winning the season. They're like, oh my God, we took the right stance. We're just going to hammer this home. They don't realize that us as an audience, they're losing us. We're like, no, yeah. you guys look like idiots. Like, this is a terrible look for you. Danielle's coming off horribly. And it's all just projection. And it drives me nuts. No, and it's crazy that if Danielle could just take the approach that, like, when Kyle was talking to Dan or when Kyle was talking to Lindsay and uh, Carl outside after Danielle stormed off, that is kind of what Danielle should have said. Like, it's got to be like Kyle goes, it's got to be weird for her. You guys were the three best friends and now two of you are dating and you guys don't seem to. And I, I agree with Kyle. They don't seem Carl and Lindsay don't seem to be inclusive, inclusive of Danielle. Like just because you two are dating doesn't mean that the three of you can't hang out still. Like, right. It, I, you can reach out and be like, Hey, what are you up to? Like, you want to come over for dinner? It'll make it a little bit easier to understand that they're dating. It's the problem is that Lindsay and Carl seem to only hang out with each other all the time. And then when they bring other people in, it's weird because they're not yeah. used to it. So allow somebody a little bit of growth to get used to it, especially someone who was as close as Danielle was to the two of you for so long. It's got to be fucking weird for her. And I hate that like Carl kind of gets it. I hate that Lindsay denies it too. She's like, she just has to get on board with it. Like she doesn't support the relationship. It's like, okay, but deep down, you know that it's got to feel a little bit weird. Yeah, like there's a middle they, ground here, right? Like there's a in, way. Yeah, and throw but, in Danielle dating Carl a couple years ago too. Like there's a lot of components to this. And I feel like neither side is really owning up to just the middle part where it's like, all right, it's a little weird. Let's work on it. You yeah, want to be friends? Can, let's hang out. The three of us will hang out. Right. And yes, Carl and I are dating. Yes, Carl and I are going to get engaged. Support us. Be friends. Like that's how it's supposed to work. You have a relationship and Danielle's just projecting that. But now that, you know, that's kind of gone to the wayside, who knows where they are? And we talked to Carl a couple of weeks ago and it seems like, you know, there's hope maybe for Danielle in the future to be friends with them. But right now they, you just can't really see a path forward because she's not supporting the relationship. No, no. And I think you said it really well. There's, there's a place where they can admit their faults and be like, yeah, we could be doing better and we apologize, but yeah. you're handling this terribly. And I think that that's where they would find some kind of peace, but it is nice to see a blossoming. Wow. A wow. blossoming relationship with Corey and Sam headed to Montauk for the week before next weekend. And I, it appears to me that Bravo realized Corey Kiefer saved this show. And he they're did. like, we just need you to keep coming back. You're part of the cast now because without you, this was a dud. Without Sam, it was a dud. Those two are carrying the season. They're doing a great job. I love how crazy they are together and they like match each other's energy the whole time. Like that's fun. That's finally some fun shit to watch on this show. So I'm all here for it. Yeah. And we talked to Ryan about it and we can kind of just gloss over the rest of it because not a whole lot more happened. But no. when it comes to the newbies, like when you have somebody like Chris and Sam and Gabby coming into the house and like Maya, who the hell knows where she is, they aren't able to grow. They're not able to kind of find their comfort zone on this show because you have an existing fight with the older cast, like mm -hmm. mixing in new people and just throwing them at the wall isn't always going to work. But for some reason you bring Corey in and all of a sudden summer house is back. They're partying, yeah, they're having fun. They're doing shots. They're dancing. They're, you know, wanting to go out and like pushing people to go forward. 
And you can kind of start to see like somebody like Chris, like he's starting to find his own and maybe it's, you know, it's August now. So he's had two months to kind of figure it out. But I think that Corey is a big catalyst in that throw in the fact that he's now has a relationship with Sam and everybody just seems to be a little bit happier. So we can kind of focus on that as a bit of a reprieve, like them having fun and for whatever the hell reason they're drinking and running around the pool and doing sit-ups afterwards. Hate that. But <laughs> I just can't imagine like I I see people that do like they do the the 5Ks, but they'll have like a beer before they run a 5K and then they'll have a beer halfway through and then they'll have a beer afterwards. And I'm like, no, who the fuck's doing that? You haven't seen that. Some of the bars like around here will like Iron Hill will sponsor one. And it's like, have a beer before your 5K. And then I've, we'll I've give you a beer beers after I've never seen a beers beer after is fine because that's like a reward. You know, it's like a reward. Um but they yeah, that's a that's a that's a safe reward system. Have a yeah, drink. <laughs> have a drink. You earned it. You ran you ran 3.2 miles. Have a good time. But drinking before doing that doesn't make any sense to me. Drinking during it, I want to throw up right now thinking about it. Same. So I hate that. But I do love that everybody's kind of coming into their own. And if we can get past this whole Lindsay Carl Danielle bullshit and allow people like Kyle to come down and hang out and have a blast, like Summer House could be back on. And I hope that we're still waiting. Carl said there's a lot of meat left on the bone for the season. So hopefully by the end, we're looking back like, all right, yeah, it was a little rough in the beginning, but it got better. Hey, look, so far he's delivered on his promises. The, he, he said the next few weeks are going to get better and each week has gotten progressively better. So yeah. easier we will to always, watch, I will say, yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And we will always hold out hope because this is Shooter's favorite franchise. I'm also a huge fan. So we're yeah. here for it. We'll keep watching even if it, you know, stinks, but I like that it's on the right track. Agreed. Shooter here to talk to you guys about Dave. Now, listen, everybody's been in like a pinch with some cash, especially when you're coming up to the summer. You want to start getting fit. You want to get some good fits as well for the beach. You want to make sure that you're looking good and going out. And sometimes it's not always easy to have the cash on hand to make sure that happens. If you're living paycheck to paycheck or struggling to make ends meet, it can be stressful when unexpected expenses come up. With Dave, you can get your money sooner without worrying about how much money you have to get through the week. Dave is the banking app that could help you get up to $500 instantly with extra cash. With Dave, there's no interest, late fees, or credit check. There's money to fill your tank, finally get your car repaired, or catch up on bills without having to wait for your next paycheck. You can finally tackle those expenses that have been stressing you out. Millions of people have already downloaded the Dave app to get financial relief they need with extra cash. So if you're in a pinch and need some extra help, download Dave and think of it as a helping hand from future you. That's always nice to think about the future you when they're nice and financially stable. Download the Dave app from the app store right now or go to dave.com slash broadbros. That's dave.com slash broadbros. Sign up for an extra cash account and get up to $500 instantly. For terms and conditions, go to dave.com slash legal. Instant transfer fees apply. Banking services provided by Evolve Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. But that takes us to the culmination of the Ireland trip in Jersey. And we start out with uh, a morning with Paul's family. Paul's mother is delightful. She's like the picturesque Irish mother. And I love her. I think she should be on the show full time. Yeah, she really should be. Or we just do a Housewives of Ireland. Housewives of Dublin. I like that. I like that. That sounds fun because you know what? We're going to get a little bit of that like that good like Philly kind of city. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's yeah. a little more gritty than like Beverly Hills. 
I think it could be a lot of fun. So let's wow. pitch that idea and we'll have, you know, sort of the maitre d' be Paul's mom. I love this idea. I think we need to push this a lot harder. This is our best idea yet. This is yeah, better this is, than Real Housewives of Cleveland. This is way better than Cleveland. This actually has some merit to it. So I, I like this direction. But during this, and we get a few of these throughout the episode, we get a very touching moment between Melissa and Teresa where yeah. I guess Paul's mom made like a comment about like Dolores early on and Teresa made a joke like, oh, it was funny back when my parents were around, they said something similar about Melissa. Like they walked in, like, remember that Melissa? And Melissa was like taken aback. She's like, Oh my God. Yeah. Like I was in bed with Joe and they came in and they called it. What was it? Like a putana? Yeah. Something <laughs> Which like, means that, like a yeah. hussy. And it was just like a genuine real moment. And like a callback to when things were cool. And it, it kind of was foreshadowing. I didn't know that for the rest of the episode, but we get to the hen party, which is a bachelorette party in Ireland, I guess, which, looks like a blast i would do this as a bachelor party no yeah that looked like a lot of fun you would catch yeah. the cock without a doubt i would catch no. the cock and i would be the best one there i would catch all the cocks i'd catch a couple <laughs> cocks yeah for sure but i want to get to the painting scene um they're painting Teresa's life and that's like the job of the friends to just like highlight the moments that Teresa like made Teresa who she is i guess and it wasn't funny but it was funny because she starts crying and she's like instantly starts thinking about jail and like yeah. in my mind as soon as i heard like they have to paint her life i'm like who's going to be the asshole to draw bars like someone's got to draw bars on this wall because that was a big part of her life yeah the interesting thing and she calls attention to it really for the first time ever she has glossed over that part of her life understandably so she doesn't want to think about it she's moved on it was a terrible time she missed her family she missed a lot of milestones i totally get it i don't care who you are if you've served your time and you're out like you don't deserve to be thrown under the bus and like brought back to your attention so i get it it just was like <laughs> kind of struck me because i was like oh who's gonna someone's gotta do it right Someone, yeah you expected somebody to actually do it or at least paint like some other issue and it seems like the only real issue that we got and it wasn't really an issue was just jen painting the table flip which was iconic and it that's is fine. The, and that's what funny. put housewives on the map was yeah that exactly scene. and i thought that jen actually did a pretty good job because it looked like they didn't have great tools and jen somehow captured that moment perfectly it looked really she nice sure did but i mean kind of going forward i love the the farmhand when Teresa starts crying and she needs a, you know, a second to go outside and she was yeah. painting and stuff. He's like, usually when I give people puppies, they stop crying. Yeah. Here's a puppy. And she's oh, like, you need a, you need a puppy. Everybody but loves puppies. You could puppies. tell like Teresa was so shell-shocked from trying to catch a chicken and walking around with all these farm animals. She was like, wait, is that a puppy? Yeah. Like, is that, or are you handing me like a baby goat or something? No, like, it's I have... a sheep. <laughs> it's a little like, I, sheep. You could tell she genuinely had no idea what he was handing her. And then I, she's I like, oh, okay, this is great. Yeah, and it did cheer up. So bro, I like the farmhand. I think he yeah. he was excited to be on TV. You could tell, and he played it very well. I thought For he sure. did a great job. We love but enthusiastic uh, helpers when totally. it comes to things like that. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And once again, we get a very touching scene between Melissa and Teresa because this was probably the most real I've seen those two interact. This was an actual moment of Jesus Christ, what have we done to our family? It's just, it's brief and fleeting and it goes away at the next scene. And that's kind of their MO. They have these touching moments and then it's quickly back to the shit that we get tired of. But Melissa starts crying because it's Teresa's mom and dad coming over from Italy and then their family growing from there. And it was 
a terrible drawing, but <laughs> it was awful. a very, very touching, like what, what it meant. And to yeah, see them, to see them cry and embrace each other and have that confessional where it's like, what have we done to our family? Like our parents would be so disappointed in us. So I was like, wow, there is a path forward if someone's willing to take that step, but they just refuse to. And we see it when they get to the lunch, Teresa immediately says, when Danielle is reacting to like seeing her and Melissa feuding and she's like, yeah, it's really hard. Like I don't have a family. She says, I don't have a family. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's immediately after that touching moment with your sister-in-law. So it's like two steps forward, 10 steps back. You don't have to say that just like accept this for what it is. It's a nice moment. See where I can go from here. But again, I say it all the time. No one's going to bend the knee. No one's going to nope. take ownership and just be like, you know what? Our family's more important than our trivial bullshit. Let's just move on. Let's gloss over it. You're right. I'm wrong. And during that painting scene, Teresa invites Melissa to be part of the wedding and immediately rescinds it. Immediately. Well, Jen's like, this is wait, the thing. You... And, and when she rescinded it, I felt like, um, who was it? Was it uh, Marge who was like, wait, are you inviting them no, to the wedding? No, that was Jen. Jen said Jen. that. Oh, yeah. And I could tell like, Jen felt weird about that. It, it like, was almost inflammatory, fuck? right? Yeah. yeah. And then that kind of brought Teresa right back down. Like there was a nice moment there when Melissa was completely speechless. She was like, what? Like, you want to do what? And Jen had to say that. And, and then Teresa kicks right back in. She's like, she's like no, well, no, 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 absolutely not. Like, like what the fuck? And like, you have this nice touching moment. And honestly, like I'm starting to shade a little bit more towards Melissa's side because I, I kind of get it. Like, You've done these things and you had a really nice moment and you took time out of your day to be really nice to her. And I honestly thought that that was a direct correlation to Teresa and Melissa having that nice moment at breakfast. And yeah, then Melissa yeah. felt more comfortable doing something like this. If that didn't happen, maybe she wouldn't have done something this nice. She tries to go out of her way to be nice again and she starts crying and she's actually showing emotion and saying that she's sorry about how things are going. And Teresa can't get out of her own fucking way. And like- but I kind of get it. Like Melissa and Joe, you know, Joe is inflammatory, but Melissa on her end, she's like, why would I continue to try? Like every time that I do try, Teresa does this. Yeah. And, and I've never really seen Teresa. Like when she does try, she immediately pulls back herself. When Melissa tries, Teresa squashes her down. So it, it's really tough. And I'm, I'm sort of, sh I'm, I'm shading that way, if you will. And again, we don't really need to pick sides. We just want it to go no, away. It's but not as sides. long as it's here. Like we're still going to have opinions on how it's going. And that's kind of where I am right now. Yeah. And I think I'm going to put a disclaimer out there. This is not saying that shooters on a team. I'm no, not I on am. The team. I'm on the Gorga team. Whoa. I'm going to go full flat Gorga. out. Okay. Yeah, flat that's out fine. But I think that if you look at just the details, right, trying to stay as objective as possible, like does Melissa do shady shit? Absolutely. She's not blameless here. We know that we're not saying she is. We're not saying she hasn't played a major part in this, but we are seeing moments that could be great for their relationship and it seems like Teresa's the one knocking them down so yeah i'm leaning more towards the gorgas i'm not picking a side but i am definitely leaning that way and mainly because i'm worried about Teresa and louis relationship just his influence on her overall yeah. the more and more we see from him but the last thing we need to talk about this episode i mean we can quickly touch on the dudes getting stoned um <laughs> which is ironic that marge not only is okay with it but champions it by bringing in like a munchie cart after she calls jen a drug addict for smoking weed 
And now she's an advocate for munchies and smoking weed at her house. It makes absolutely no sense. Well, she did just... apologize, right? She did say that that was too harsh. Okay. But I look, anytime that Marge actually apologizes, though, you have to fucking think about it. Like, she never actually apologizes. So when it does happen, you're like, all right, I think that is a genuine apology. I, you have this weird thing with Marge, and I don't appreciate it. I really don't. <laughs> like, like. There, at one moment you're like on my team like anti-mars the next you're like i kind of see where she's coming from so like i <laughs> no no no. i i don't see where she's coming from at all she she never should have said that in the first place okay. and for her to do this now is entirely hypocritical it's really rough thank you but she did apologize at some point so i'm just saying pointing to you the apology March. i'm oh. just saying <laughs> no but i do love her husband like he is ah, Joe's great. hilarious Joe's... the way he got so high and just continued so to and then everybody's just like in the middle of what might be a feud a bit with Fuda stepping up and saying something to Danielle's husband. Hey, too what's high up? to get through it. Yeah. What, what's up with your wife calling my wife a rat? And neither of them were backing down for the you know 20 seconds that we got to see. And then you get Frankie and Joey just giggling over there because yeah, it's, you can't Frank got Joe high. That. And then they just go look at Joe Benino. <laughs> like, he is out of it. His it eyes so are like this. Funny. Like you can't even see straight. I, and like, I love that. And Bill was so excited because that's what he wants to do. Like that's probably well, what he's doing in the pool house. 100%. He's yeah. smoking a fat blunt and like Absolutely. avoiding his family. But yeah. I, I, there's mixed reviews always when it's just a, a husband's only scene. I love them. I think they're great. I that might be, yeah. it might be a dude approach maybe from us. Like just be like, Oh, we love to see this kind of shit, but also it's just a nice reprieve to see people giggle and have fun. And it was really funny to see them attempt to start fights you see joe start to do what joey gorga start to do one of his speeches where he's like i want to raise my kids with love and that i want them to love everybody and and he can't stay focused long enough to finish a sentence and he just stops talking he's like i forget what i was saying it's like you know what joe that's okay just accept the moment get stoned with your buddies eat some cheeseburgers and shit and hang out it it doesn't have to be deep all the time so I, i like this little reprieve but the thing that we're going to tie it all together with, and it's, it's exactly what Fuda brought up, Danielle versus Fuda. And we, I think we agree for the most part. We have different stances a little bit as far as like who's winning. Um, what's your take? So Fuda versus Danielle, we see it pop off at, at the dinner table in Ireland. Um, I personally am still a Danielle fan, but I would love I, to get your take. I, it's I'm not necessarily a fan of either nor do i dislike either of them i'm kind of giving them room to grow i do i think that we can agree that fuda is playing the game a lot better than danielle she's is definitely right now. playing better yeah and danielle seems a little shell-shocked but she seems to be coming back a little bit i just can't really get over the fact that she's still even in ireland in a house full of these women is still walking away and crying and obviously there is way more to that story with her brother than she's letting on should she have brought it up in the first place probably not it probably would have come up eventually, though, because at this point, somebody's going to know what's going on. I'm but happy she would have that... been more seasoned, right? She would have been yeah. able to approach it Maybe better, she would have rather... been able to handle it a little bit better, yeah. but I'm happy that somebody like Jackie's taking the back seat. Like, she's not antagonizing anymore, or at least it doesn't seem like she is. Maybe well, she keeps saying, it. dude, she keeps saying, instead of a non-credible or uncredible source. Incredible, yeah. Incredible. And yeah, she keeps trying to drop it in. Like, she's this, like, savant. And it's like, dude, it's just... the words either not credible uncredible incredible implies she's wonderful so shut the fuck up yeah like i can't stand her i know she's she's 
she has to just go completely just go away next year like doesn't get invited on these trips or anything but Mm -hmm. the rest of the women are having a good time and we get to see the newbies grow a little bit now you are of the thinking that food is just kind of lumped in with marge at this point she's just i think she's another mouthpiece for marge she's trying to say the right sentence to get marge to be like oh yeah rachel you keep going that way like i love what you're saying she just she picks her moments are way too scripted i think that there's a little more to it so i think that Buddha, you know, obviously she was called a rat. Like you, you can't call somebody a rat in Jersey. It just doesn't happen. I don't, you think she was a rat? I don't think so. I think that she, she's playing the game and that's how we're going to write it up. I think being a rat is a little much, but she's saying that. And then in the same moment, she notices that Danielle at the the farm is having a tough time talking about her brother. And she goes, do you want to go take a walk? So she extends that olive branch, even though she's saying half-ass olive branch. No, it's not. No, let's flash back. Let me counterpoint it real quick, calmly. Let's flash back to last week. Danielle offered her an olive branch and Fuda shit on it immediately. Danielle said at the dinner table and they're at that restaurant. She's like, hey, if you need to use my bathroom to get ready or whatever, like you can come upstairs. It's no big deal. And Fuda's like, yeah, I'm probably not going to share a bathroom if someone called me a rat and like pops off and starts yelling But that just shows you, they all, every person, every housewife in Jersey told you that calling somebody a rat is bad. Right. Well, wait, but why is they this a different? Like why is this a different olive branch? What? Why? Why is your olive tree different than Danielle's because olive? Because she tree? called her a rat. She's not open. She yet. is a rat. I don't think she's. If a rat. the That's... shoe fits, no, she's the more. No. Uh, the first time I heard it, I didn't agree that she was a rat. The more that I see her snuggle up to Marge and not take accountability for the fact that there was two people in that conversation. There was Look, two people there having that conversation. We just talked about it, and if you have to pick teams, which it looks like you have to pick teams in Jersey, yeah. Unfortunately, unfortunately, you're probably going to go the way of Marge at this point. They're having more fun. Like Teresa is Teresa and Louie are unhinged. Maybe you can be like you can still, you know, be quote unquote team Marge and still, you know, be pleasant with somebody like Jen or be pleasant with Teresa. It would be nice to to, like group up in that. But if somebody calls you a rat, you don't have to forgive them right away. Like if somebody called me a rat, I'm going to be like, oh, you called me a fucking rat. Like, fuck you. Yeah, but you. I don't know. I just don't think that I just don't think that the crime warrants the name calling by that. And I think that there was an olive branch. And if you're going to go walk on your own with somebody else, you might be able to squash it. And that was a good opportunity. Hey, Danielle, I'm really sorry. I know there's a lot going on right now. Try to squash this a little bit. Danielle says no. And it continues to go. There was an opportunity there and she didn't take it. I don't think I would have taken it either. That's the thing. And maybe that's the difference. And I think you bring up a really good point. There doesn't need to be a firm line in the sand and we're tiptoeing on dangerous ground here. And Ryan Bailey actually brought it up with all this talk about Danielle's brother and whatever happened there, we're going a very dangerous direction that they might just be trying to repeat a Teresa and Melissa and Joe situation Mm -hmm. with Danielle and her brother. And like, that is the last thing that we want and need. And whether you're on Fuda's side or Danielle's side is kind of irrelevant. I agree 100% that I would like them to to at least be pleasant. I would like yeah. there to not be that it doesn't need to be Marge versus Teresa anymore. We're tired of it. It's played out. The fact that they both pick sides, if they do that for this season and then they kind of branch out and grow up and move on, okay, fine. I can I can get on board. It's close to the end of the year. We're getting close yeah. to the reunion. Fine. But if this is the direction that the producers think that we, the audience, want to go, they're very wrong. Yeah. No, I think you're right. It's dangerous ground. We don't want this to continue. They need to figure out a way to move forward. And they, I mean, they tried to infuse the new blood in it and it just kind of made things stay the same. So 
if well, they we forced can them to just pick get, well, and we know that they have like some sort of direction. Like they do meet with producers that say like, all right, this is how the season's going. Try to do a little bit of this, try to do a little bit of that. Let's get a personal story over here. Like you can't just have Jen, uh, Aiden be the only person that has a personal story. Like we haven't seen any other personal stories. Like they're no. just attacking Danielle for a story that we don't quite understand. We don't know. The, details. the only thing the food is bringing to the table is just that she knows how housewives work. Like she's watched yeah, these shows really for does. years and she's playing the game like, okay, whatever. But there's nothing of substance there. Like we're not getting to know you and maybe we will because she is doing the whole custody thing with Jaden. So that's cool. But other than that, like we're not getting shit from anybody else except for Dolores. And we're rooting for Dolores and Paul because we love always. It. Yeah. We want to like, see her happy. She deserves it. We right? need more of that so that we can, like we always talk about getting a reprieve from the bullshit that we're tired of. And this whole Joe, Melissa, and Teresa thing is just getting tired and we yeah, don't want to deal with it anymore. Let's just try to find a different storyline. And I don't know if they ever will. Hopefully it's not the death of Jersey, but it's heading that way for sure. It, it, they need to figure something out. Um, but you got anything else? Nope. I'm done here. Yeah. And we are not doing Save my voice for this tonight. Week. Yeah, warm these pipes up, baby. But uh, we will get back to our questions and everything next week. We need to lock in. We gotta. I have to leave my house in like two hours with a yeah. truckload of boxes. But uh, I box do want to take this <laughs> box load of trucks, baby. But I do want to take this time to say thank you to all of our listeners. Um, the fact that we are playing, I think by the time we get there, it's going to be sold out. I think there's yeah. like 10 tickets left. Mm -hmm. um, May 13th will be one year of doing the podcast. So... Thank you to our listeners for getting us to this point already. Like it's never lost on us how crazy this journey is and how wild it is that we are able to do this every week, get paid for it and do a live show in front of a full audience. Like not in a million years did we think we'd be featured in Cosmo and all this crazy shit that's happening to us. And that's 100% a testament to you, our listeners. It has nothing to do with us. It's the support that we get day in and day out from you guys. So thank you so much. Uh, we will continue to do this. We love doing it. We love all of you. Well, it has a little something to do with us. You're such a smug <laughs> asshole. You can't even just like have a moment with me. Just have a fucking moment, buddy. Whatever. Broad bros are out of here. We'll see you at the show tonight. Bye.